To so many people, you know, lifelong uh, Cubs fans, it's our happy place. It doesn't feel like a year without going to Wrigley Field, and you guys are amazing at what you do. And that's the thing, is that the Wrigley employees are always so helpful. They go beyond. When you see the same faces, year after year after year in the same sections, it makes you feel, it all feels like family that you're going to a place like it's a little family reunion. Every family member and friend who comes to that I take to a Cubs game or I take on a Wrigley Field tour because there's nothing better to do than be in Chicago and you all made that possible. Like I said, these are not just employees in my opinion, they're like family. I've brought people from all over the world, all over the country, people that don't like baseball, they love Wrigley Field. And we have you guys to thank for that. Welcome to Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark, now part of the Unconfined Network. We explore the fascinating personal lives of the people inside Chicago's most iconic sports venue, Wrigley Field. Our podcast will take you on an amazing journey, introducing you to some incredible people that we've met along the way. We'll discuss hot topics, play a few games, and just try to have an overall good time. There'll be plenty of surprises along the way, so stick with us to see where our journey heads next. But for now, kick back, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark. Beyond the ballpark, uh, new name, new intro, uh, all new guests for season two, uh, and I'm excited about this guest today. Uh, with me. Uh, but before I get to the guest, I just want to let you all know we're new listening that we do have a new book club uh, going on uh, starting in February. We're going to be reading this book, uh, A Most Beautiful Thing. It is the true story of America's first all-black high school rowing team based here in Chicago. Uh, we're going to be reading this in February together and discussing it throughout the podcast. Uh, actually, it's free. If you go on our link, you can get the audio book. Uh, so make sure you check that out and join us on this journey as we read different books together. This book was actually selected by a Cub staff employee, uh, Therese, uh, I think Hannah Kews, I say her last name, but she selected this book for the month of February. So uh, join us in that. All right, without further ado, I'm going to bring in uh, my coworker, who I'm so used to calling her Kathy Campbell. Uh, <laughs> not even her name anymore, but I'm so used to saying Kathy Campbell. But uh, okay. Kathy, how's it going? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I've been feeling like a, getting a cold the last couple of days, but otherwise doing really well. Yeah, it's weird because uh, I feel like it's not as cold as past winters are, but when it uh-huh. does get cold, I'm frigid. I'm very cold. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, right now it says it's eight degrees outside. Outside. So yes. It, uh, it's sunny, but still, it's eight degrees. It's freezing cold. Yes. Now you are not. You're in Woodstock, correct? Are you? Yes. Yes. Now, Woodstock, so northwest suburbs. Now I. Everybody is probably going to want to ask this question. So I'm going to ask, let me ask the question now. What makes yeah. a person who lives that far away commute to Wrigley Field 
back and forth. Like what makes a person want to do that from all the way in Woodstock? <laughs> uh, well, I'm, for me, um, I, I've been a fan of the team since I can remember. Uh, and my mom tells me that when I was about three, three, four years old, she was setting me up in front of the TV to watch the Cubs games. Uh, cause I was born in March, the end of March of 20 of 20 of 1969, which was the big, big year for the Cubs, yeah. at least until September. Um, so for me, I mean, I've just, I've been a fan of the team as long as I can remember. And when I saw the, uh, the ad in the red eye that they were going to have a job fair at the time I was just, uh, back in town, moved back from Peoria where I was, I lived for about 10 years and was going to DePaul, uh, to get my master's degree. And I wasn't really working. I was just trying to concentrate on that. And I thought, well, this would be a perfect part-time job. They pay me to go to Wrigley field because I'd want to be there anyway. So, uh, yeah, that's what started it for me. I was, um, I just, I guess I've just been a fan of the team as long as I can remember. And the thought of going there every day just was something I, I thought I've got to do. So, um, I said, I kind of said to myself, where's the dotted line? You know, I'll, I'll just sign it where whatever they want me to do and, uh, kind of went from there. So, and I've just, it's, I've stuck with it. Um, Luckily, my full-time job has been able, it's allowed me to be able to still be there in the summer and uh, still have a full-time job because as much as I'd like to make 81 days a year, uh, pay my bills, it just doesn't. So, um, you know, but that that's basically it. I started out just seeing where it would go and turned into, uh, you know, lifelong friends and a great, probably one of the best jobs I've ever had. Now, the one thing I like about the podcast is that I always learn something new about somebody that I did not know before. And I did not know mm-hmm. that you were yet another supervisor with a master's degree. I just found this out right now. <laughs> so tell me about yes. that. Yes. Well, okay. So it was a long way around, but, or, or a straight, not a long way, I guess a strange way around. I got my bachelor's in technical theater um, back in the day. And then I was working at a theater down outside of Peoria and decided I wanted to go back and work on computers, learn some stuff about computers. So I went to the local community college and got an associates in computer science. And when I was looking at schools to continue that, the couple that I talked to said, you know, don't go back and get another bachelor's. Why don't you, you've already got a bachelor's. Why don't you just get a master's? You've got the basics in. So just, you know, do that. So, so that's when I decided to go ahead with the master's and um, ended up coming back to the Chicago area and um, getting my master's in computer science from DePaul. Okay. So So tell me about your, um, your, uh, theatrical background. I know you love theater, been yes. around for a while. So tell me how all that started and where are you at now with it? Well, originally my dad and my older brothers were involved when I was little. My dad 
loved being in the theater. He was, uh, did a lot of acting at the community uh, theater level in the town we lived in. And uh, so I just loved hanging out and watching him on stage and being around backstage and everything. Um, I'm not an onstage person. I'm not that comfortable being up in front of a group, uh, but I love doing the backstage work. And so all through uh, high school, I, I did that. And, and actually the, uh, one of the supervisors, other supervisors who uh, retired uh, a couple of years ago or didn't come back this past year, I should say, uh, Tony Casolino uh, was my drama teacher in high school. Oh, wow. And yeah. And so he um, had a big influence on that for me as well. And um, did theater all through high school and decided to pursue it in college and went to Illinois State and um, got a degree in technical theater, did a lot of stage managing. Um, and then after graduation, I worked at a theater, a dinner theater actually outside of Peoria in a little tiny town called Farmington that had a, a theater that had been a vaudeville house back in the 20s and 30s. And the stage was still intact. So uh, it had been turned back into a theater. It had been a lot of things over the years, a, a biker bar and all kinds of things. Um, it was a theater and I, I worked there for about 10 years and then ended up coming back to Chicago, um, got away from theater for a little bit while I was doing my computer work. Um, and then just a couple of years ago, uh, right before the pandemic, I guess about a year before everything got shut down, I started working for Broadway in Chicago part-time as an usher, uh, just to be around theater again and got to see some shows and stuff. And then of course everything got shut down. And uh, now that shows are back. Um, I've been working back again with Broadway in Chicago, but this time uh, working at the stage door. So I actually get to be backstage and meet some of the actors and see how it's all done and everything, which is a lot of fun. Um, and I'll, I, I've told you this story before, but um, in listening to your podcast, I found another person that's really into theater, uh, Michael Galloway, who's a security uh, uh, associate he was on your podcast last year, I think in June or something, Mark, May or June, and was talking about his uh, love of community theater. So I, I talked to him last summer and, and uh, so we're going to, he's actually doing a show out here in Woodstock, oddly enough, um, coming up this summer. So he got in touch with me and I'm going to help him out with that as much as I can. So try to try to help out and get in get into a little bit of theater when I can and go see it as much as I can. So. Yeah, now you, you've uh, done Wrigley Field. You talked about some uh, theaters you've done. And then you also took a dive for the first time into the cold football season as yeah. the Bears. <laughs> right. Um, so one, uh, tell me what made you want to do that and say yes to that. And then what was your experience like? Well, uh, I guess I got into it because uh, I hadn't planned on it, actually. Um, but my husband, Bob, had taken a position with S3. And then I spoke with you and um, Margaret and a couple of the other folks from Wrigley that were doing it. And they and you all kept saying, you know, we need some more people. Um, 
you know, wanting to come when it'll be fun. So I thought, okay, well, it's all, I'm not a big football fan. Uh, I don't really follow football. Um, baseball is obviously more of my sport, but I thought, well, it's only, you know, seven, eight games over the next four months. I think I can handle, you know, that. And so I got into it and it's, it's a lot of things like the basics are kind of the same. Um, working at both places. I mean, you, I worked at the gate uh, mostly uh, at one of the gates and the basics of doing that are base, are the basic same principles as working at a gate at Wrigley. Uh, but there are a lot of differences. The, the fans are different and uh, just the atmosphere is a little bit different and, and everything. And it, it was fun. I, I enjoyed it. And it's, it's not something, it's not quite like baseball where you've got 81 dates you know, it's only, and I missed the first one because I hadn't signed up yet. So it was only seven games for me. And uh, so it wasn't, it wasn't a bad schedule at all to work in around everything else I'm doing. So it worked out good. And then Bob and I could co commute together. So. So for those that are listening that don't know, uh, you're referring to Bob. So Bob is your husband and uh, right. he works for the Cubs. Uh, this is the first season or was, has he been there a couple of yes. seasons? No, this was his first season. Uh, he used to own a bicycle store in Schaumburg. And unfortunately, that uh, store went under at the end of 2019. And then we went into the pandemic. He had actually planned on applying for the 2020 season. Uh, but then when everything got shut down, he decided, you know, he didn't, obviously, because we weren't having fans. So he, um, he applied for this year. And um, you know, he wanted to see what everything was like. He hears me talk about it and how much I enjoy it and everything. And he said, uh, you know, I want to see what every everybody I talk to that works there uh, loves it. So I want to see what it's all about. And see, you know, so he's he's enjoyed it and he's worked a lot this off season uh, also. And he got a job with the ice rink company, so he's been there at Gallagher Way a lot this this winter, working for the ice rink. So. Yeah, you two clearly don't care about the cold because I saw Bob a couple of times. <laughs> it was freezing. Yeah. <laughs> was Although I, I think today he was happy he wasn't working down there because it's so cold. <laughs> but Oops. but he, he was there yesterday and he said it was quite chilly. But uh, I think he was kind of happy today that he wasn't there. So Now, how did you two meet? Uh, mutual friends, actually. Um, when I moved away to, I uh, moved to Peoria. Uh, when I moved home, I got back in touch with some friends. And by this time, he was friends with them. And he's actually a distant cousin. I think like his, let's see, it's like his mother's cousin is my friend's grandmother. So they ended up finding out they were distant cousins, but became friends while I was in Peoria and then we got uh, introduced when I moved home. And our first date, I guess you would call it, is, was a hockey game to the Wolves at an All-State Arena. So with a bunch of other Cubs people because Jennifer Aparicio, who was a SSA and a GSA um, that's not with the Cubs anymore, uh, used to be a season ticket holder. I don't know if she still is, but for the Wolves, and used to get a group together from Wrigley to go to uh, usually usually opening game for the Wolves. So 
Okay. Uh, now I was supposed to come out to your house and actually your house and Donna's house and Nick's house to do these uh, tours, and I just got so busy. Um, yeah. But you have a Christmas tree farm. Tell me about how that started, mm-hmm. and tell me more about that. Well, um, Bob was looking uh, for a new place and um, found this this place that we live at now. It's um, we weren't living together at the time, but he was looking for um, somewhere new, and um, he was introduced to this place. It's 54 acres. The house is on on the property with the farm. And he just, we just both kind of fell in love with the property. Uh, we like the house a lot as well. I mean, it's a very nice house. I don't want to, you know, diss the house in any way. It's, it's beautiful, but we really just fell in love with the property. Uh, lots of trees. Um, it's got a couple of po- couple, three ponds on it. It's quiet. You know, the house itself is set back about a half a mile off the road. So uh, we are on a kind of a busy road. We're on a state state route 176, which uh, gets lots of trucks and stuff. But, um, you know, we it's very quiet and and we love it. Our friends come come over and they'll fish in the ponds and just hang out. Um, lots of property to to just hang out on. And, and like during the pandemic, we'd we just walk because um, we actually share the driveway with our driveway with two other houses and our friends uh, some good friends of ours bought the first house on the on the driveway about uh, three or four years ago now and so we were she and I were both working at home and so we just at lunchtime go walking and we'd just be able to stay right there and not have to go anywhere to walk we just walk on the property um, so I, we just fell in love with it and we went ahead and, um, continued the tree farm, the folks that, that built the house and, you know, populated everything on the property, um, had owned it for about, I think about 20 years or so. And they decided they were going to retire. They bought a condo in Florida. Um, and we're only up here in the summertime to see their kids and that, and they decided they wanted to sell it. So, uh, we just kind of fell in love with it and decided to take it and, uh, run with it. And we've enjoyed the Christmas, the Christmas tree farm a lot just cause it's, it's more of a, another customer service thing, kind of like Wrigley where, you know, get it, get to talk to a lot of people and, you know, folks are happy they're it's holiday time. They're with family. They're coming to get a tree. You know, it's, it's, it's just fun. It's cold some day, some days, you know, and icky with rain and mud and everything, but it's still fun. And um, up until the last two years, we were able to run hay wagons and take people out uh, into the acreage and let them just wander around and find a tree. Um, hopefully we'll be able to, uh, get back to the hay wagons once this whole pandemic thing is over. But uh, but yeah, it's just a, it's a nice customer service thing. We get people to come year after year that we remember, and uh, you know, it becomes a tradition, family tradition. We've this I think this past Christmas was our I want to say our twelfth or thirteenth Christmas. I don't remember for sure which. 
If you have a business, you need a website. What's the best way to get a website up and running? Choose a website hosting company that makes it simple, like Pair Networks. Pair has over 20 years of experience managing the entire digital ecosystem for thousands of online businesses all around the world. Pair makes it easy for you with do-it-yourself website building tools and features, including simple drag-and-drop page design. And they have guaranteed U.S.-based support technicians ready to help you whenever you need it, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Right now, when you sign up with Pair Networks, you'll receive one free month of web hosting. See for yourself how easy it is to build your website for free. Visit Pair.com slash free to get your first month of website hosting for free by using the code QUICKSTART. That's Pair.com slash free. Promo code QUICKSTART to get started today. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to coming out there and doing a, um, uh, a tour. But there's one thing I had to ask because me and wildlife don't get along very well. So what kind of wildlife <laughs> uh, will I, oh. might I run out to when I'm out there? Um, nothing too crazy. I mean, nothing that's going to run you over or anything like that. But <laughs> although, although our neighbors for a while did have a bull uh, oh, wow. that actually got it jumped the fence into our yard and was he was chasing we had a friend helping us paint the house was chasing our friend um but since that happened we had seen the ball uh i think they were kind of forced to get rid of it but um really it's just um on our property it really is just wildlife like um my husband's seen coyotes. I've seen foxes, but mostly we get like geese and ducks, cranes. We get a lot of deer. Um, we even saw a snapping turtle a number of years ago running across the yard. Um, but mostly, you know, harmless stuff that's not going to hurt. Uh, oh, we do get wild turkeys. Okay. Um, and they, there was one day where they, a couple of the males we have one wall that's a lot of uh it's glass doors all the way across and um i think the turkeys must have seen their reflection in the in the window in the glass because they kept uh making noise and you know goggling or what however you say that and uh it was pretty funny they were presenting their feathers and everything so but they were right up against uh right up against the doorway so that was kind of cool. Now, do you all have any pets with all that land? Do you all have any pets? No, we don't have any pets. Uh, with our crazy schedules and the fact that we're rarely, you know, we're really not home a whole lot, it wouldn't really be fair to have a pet. So we haven't uh, ventured into that realm yet. So I don't know if we will until our, until our schedules become less, less crazy. So. All right. Now, let me jump to baseball real quick. Do you remember where you were at and what you were doing when the Cubs won the World Series? Yes, actually. Um, Bob was actually with me. We were at the Mueller building when it was still the offices before they had the uh, new office building. The uh, front office used to be over there. And uh, Deb worked out with the supervisors or the managers for us to uh, hang out in the break room over there. So there were about 15 of us 
uh, supervisors and spouses and so forth. Um, I think uh, Jenny Keeley and her husband and Matt Gata, his girlfriend, uh, Sue Mayer. I know I'm forgetting more. There was more, but um, but we were there actually watching on the TVs there. And it was one of those games where, you know, you're watching and you're like, you're cheering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, oh, no. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then oh, no. So, but yeah, it was, it was, it was ama an amazing night just because, uh, you know, when we, at once they won, we went out into this little fenced in area where they had a little picnic table yeah. um, on Clark street and the, the whole street was just packed full of people. I mean, people climbing up the, the light posts and just going crazy. And uh, we ended up making our way over to the, the marquee and getting a picture. Uh, Brian Deutschman let us come through and just take a picture, a couple pictures right in front of the marquee because they had everything blocked off from the street. You couldn't get close, you know, right up next to the, the building. So, uh, but we did that and then went back to the, uh, to the office building and hung out, watched the post, post game festivities and everything for a little bit. And then one of the craziest things I saw though, was we were headed home and it was around, I don't know, around two o'clock trying to get out of the Wrigleyville area. And I was going down the side street and there were you could tell everybody else was heading toward Wrigley while we were heading away from Wrigley. But we saw one car where this gentleman was, he had a moonroof or sunroof in his car and he had his head sticking out of the sunroof while he was driving. So he's kind of like this, <laughs> like looking at, and I thought, holy cow, let's get out of here. I don't want to get, you know, get hit by anybody doing something crazy like that. So, uh, but, it, but it was fun. I, we had a, on a, an amazing night. So uh, that's where I was. Were you on a trolley uh, doing the parade? I was on one of the buses. Uh, Jenny and Keely and I were on the bus with the coaches and Joe Madden. Uh, so we got to ride in the parade, which was a day I'll never, ever forget. What, what was it like seeing all those people? I mean, like everywhere. I oh mean. my gosh. Yeah, everywhere you looked, there were people. I mean, even just going down Lakeshore Drive. They had uh, the southbound lanes blocked off and the northbound lanes, people were stopped in the middle of the lanes, just waving and taking videos and pictures as the, as the caravan went by. And, uh, and then seeing people like on some of those high rises uh, on Lakeshore Drive that you'd see, look way up toward the top and there'd be somebody up on their balcony just waving down at everybody. And, um, and then on Michigan Avenue, some of the stores like the third third floor there'd be mannequin displays and there you'd look and there'd be a mannequin and then a person with a camera and then a mannequin <laughs> like they were everywhere so they could try and see the caravan going by and um yeah just a sea of people everywhere but yeah that's a day i'll never forget i don't know why i never asked that question i've always wanted to know so when when the trolleys or the buses got from Wrigley down to Grand Park. Where did, mm -hmm. where did you all go? Like, did you all stay on the trolleys? I always wondered, did you all go backstage? Where did you all, when they got to Grand uh, Park, where did you all go? We went, they had a little area 
right in kind of in front and off to the side of the stage, uh, kind of blocked off for staff and employees and stuff. So we were in that area. So we weren't in with the major part of the crowd, uh, but we were still, you know, in front of the stage so we could see what was going on. Okay. okay. Now, uh, I want to end on this because you've been to a lot of venues and uh, I've even been with you at some of uh, concerts, uh, Art West. Uh -huh. and, uh, so uh, what are some of your favorite uh, concerts uh, to watch or musicians to watch? What are some of your favorite uh, and music-wise? Hmm. Uh, well, I've seen some really, really good shows at Wrigley. Um, haven't really seen all of it because I'm working always, but, um, but I enjoy Green Day. I've, I thought they did a fantastic show when I saw the both times when I saw them, um, when I worked those shows. Um, I'm a, I'm, I kind of had to have a weird, um, taste in music, I guess, or of, of, wider range i like all kinds of different music um james taylor i like um thought he did some really good shows um we saw the police when they were there um the one i the one person i haven't seen yet that i'd like to see is lady gaga because oh. i she played wrigley field a couple of years ago but i we had a wedding that weekend so my niece was getting married so i missed it um so i'm looking forward to her rescheduling her date um hopefully soon uh the other the other person i'd love to see in concert is adele like i watched yeah, yeah i watched that show she did uh from griffith park i don't yeah. know if you saw that with the oprah she did yeah. but just the views from up there were amazing I yeah thought, wow that yeah so she's another person i'd like to see um uh and bonnie Raitt's another one i've always wanted to see so um but i grew up loving sticks that was the first real concert i went to was the paradise theater concert for sticks my brother older brother took me when i was in sixth grade um so those are probably some of my favorites over the years okay i i enjoyed the uh lady gaga concert uh the one that i missed was I think it was uh, Sam Hunt because I was out of town. Okay. Uh, and I'm just mad about that because I wanted to be there. <laughs> <laughs> that um, one I saw. I, I like that. Yes, I, I would have loved to have been there for the Sam Hunt um, yeah. concert. But the Lady Gaga was pretty good. Um, I actually surprisingly really enjoyed James Taylor when he was there. It was just a calm atmosphere, good right. music. Um, definitely enjoyed James Taylor. Um, yeah, and I, I like. Pearl Jam and Foo Fighters, but I'm more selective on the songs. Like I don't necessarily like their entire catalog, but there's certain yeah. songs I like, um, you know, and, and things like that too. So really, and plus I listen to show tunes and that too, it's just being in theater. So uh, kind of listen to all kinds of different stuff. Okay. So I always let my guests, I try to let my guests uh, end by see if they have a, they have a question for me. Do you have any, question at all there's one question that doesn't want me to answer you have a question for me oh boy no not that i can think of off the top of my head um <laughs> i guess 
I guess someday I'm going to have to ask you about the uh, the investing because you talk about that a lot on your oh, podcast. Yeah, and, okay, yes, I can talk about and, it all day. Yeah. yeah, and getting into that, maybe uh, get some tips from me on that. Yes, and, and twenty in twenty twenty two, I'm um, I'm expanding uh, into real estate. So, um, oh, that's all right. Okay. Yeah, we'll be talking more about that. I just got I just got some property for Jordan actually last uh, this month actually. So, uh, okay. moving into real estate next is my big thing to talk about. So yes. So are you going to become a licensed real estate broker then? No. So uh, I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to talk about this later on. But um, there is a um, private real estate investment firm called Fundrise uh, that links up uh, different properties around the country, private properties around the country that are being uh, either condos or houses that are going to be built that are looking for private investors uh, that you invest in starting at either $500 and or more. Um, and based on the percentage that you invest in, uh, you're able to get back that amount and uh, uh, return on your investment. So um, it's a good way to get involved in real estate for people that don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars, uh, but right. it's a good way to diversify your portfolio on a level that's, that's affordable for you. Okay. So that's why I'm getting Jordan into it because uh, uh, he's in college and he can't afford thousands of dollars, but uh, he yeah. can afford to start investing in some of these private um, uh, real estate um, projects that are coming up around the country. So, Okay. Yep, well, I do have a question for you. Yes, go ahead. Now that I think about it. Um, so I know you're a big food person, love going <laughs> to restaurants and stuff, obviously. You talk yes. about that. Is there, um, is there a favorite place for you in the loop? Do you go to any places in the loop? It's going to sound way, very, very bad. But yes, I am. Now, okay, two answers. Uh, the one place that I've always wanted to go, but I've not had a chance to go to, is the Walnut Room. I've always okay. wanted to go there. I haven't oh, had a chance yeah. to go there. But uh, I am infatuated with the fried pickles at Hooters. Something about those fried pickles at Hooters. Oh, really? Okay. Now, uh, I am in love with those. Uh, now, well, there's a place down there, by the way, called. Um, I think it's called Experience. It's a brunch place. Now for brunches, oh, I like that place there. Uh, I love it there. But dinner-wise, I, I am hooked. Uh, there was one point in my life when I ate at a, a where I ate at Hooters just for the fried pickles once a month for like three years straight. <laughs> wow. Now where is the Hooters? Where is the Hooters? Where uh, on the Wells and something. Um, it's not that far. Do you know where the uh, Portillo's is downtown? Or the uh, the big rock and roll McDonald's that's downtown? Yes. Yes, yes, It's yes. like two blocks from there. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, uh, from there. So I, I am just, matter of fact, for Father's Day, that's what me and Jordan went actually, was to get some fried pickles there. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah. I've been spending a lot of time in the loop uh, working for Broadway in Chicago, and I'm always looking for somewhere to. Now, there's a food hall. There's a new food hall. I think, I think it's called Revival, I think it's called. By okay. Broadway in Chicago, by one of the theaters there. Uh, and okay. it's, oh, it's cool because when you go inside, it's similar to a food court, uh, but it's all nice, like uh, gourmet type of unique uh, chefs and their establishments in this food hall. And you can try a different oh. one every day and have something different. If you go to the same place, you can have a different meal every day for two months. Wow. And that's called Revival? I believe it's called Revival. It's on Clark Street downtown. Um, okay. okay. That's okay. you got to check out. Yes. You got to check out these new uh, food halls, they call them. Um, yeah. It's a new twist on food courts, but it's like uh, not they're not chain restaurants. 
they're actually smaller restaurants that you would find all over the city, but they're in this one spot. Yeah, yeah, I love that because then you get a little, taste something that you might want to yeah. go back to. You know, yep. Uh, not, not the, uh, yeah, not, not the traditional food court that has franchises like McDonald's and Panama Express. Right. This is a you're actually making the food there, and it's a different one you can try all the time. So, all right, yeah, I have to check that out. Maybe I will. All right, so I'm going to end on this new segment we're doing where we highlight a uh, Patreon member, uh, Kathy. You want to thank you very much. Uh, yeah, I want to highlight today uh, to Lisa Hubert. Uh, one of our uh, very active Patreon members who comments on everything that we do and watches everything that we do. Uh, and in this new segment, we're going to ask our guest, which is you today, Kathy, uh, a trivia question that I'm going to randomly pull out of this bin. They're all okay. based on mistaken identity. So all the questions are based on that. Uh-huh. And if you get the question right, the guest, uh, Talisha, uh, the member of the month, Talisha, for this episode, I should say, will get to call and get a, a prize of their choice. So it's really up to, no pressure, Kathy, but up to you. If I don't get it right, then Alicia doesn't get anything. <laughs> uh, okay, okay, I gotta get a uh, security ambassador at, um, at Wrigley. So okay. uh, let's see what the question is here. And if you get this question right, Kathy, uh, Talisha will be able to get no a prize. Uh, so let's see what the question is. Let's see. Let's see. Ah, this should be easy. So the end of our podcast now is mistaken identity beyond the ballpark. The question is, okay. what was the old name of our podcast? Mistaken identity with Frank and David. Yes. All right. <laughs> easy word. Yeah. So, Talisha, you have two weeks, Talisha, to reach out to us on Patreon or email. And we'll give you a choice of prizes that you can uh, select for. So we're going to try this throughout the whole season. Hopefully all our Patreon members will win something if our guest gets the question right. Uh, Kathy, thanks so much for being here. Any uh, final mm-hmm. comments? Most of our staff listen to this. Any final comments for our audience? Uh, no, just um, hoping that uh, the, the players and the union come uh and me, MLB come together and we actually get to play some games this year and, and be at Wrigley. This is one of the greatest places to be. So. Yeah, and then we're at work. You're going to have to buy my house one day, Kathy, and see, and see this um, Kathy Wheatley production. You got to come see it in person. Yeah. Now, the, the picture behind you, Dan did, right? Dan St. Clair. Yes, that right? picture of okay. there. Uh, and I'm telling you, the, 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 it doesn't do justice to see it there because you got to come see yeah. How big it really is um, when you come over. So you're more than welcome to come over and check that out. Uh, So, Kathy, thank you. And then thank you all for listening. And we will catch you all on the next episode of Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark. Thank you all very much. Hey, guys, if you're hearing my voice here again, that means we've reached the end of the show. It's that time again for all the thank yous and special messages and disclaimers, you know, all the stuff you really tune in for each week. A big thank you yet again to all of our supporters who not only continue to tune into our show, but take the time to hit the like button, write reviews, and share our content on social media. It all really helps us grow our audience. Our Patreon page continues to thrive as well as we're working not only on the podcast, but Roku channel and the book club and on and on and on. 
If you'd like to be a part of that expanding mistaken identity experience, follow the link in our show notes to our Patreon page or go to patreon.com and search Mistaken Identity Podcast for all the ways you can sign up to access this multitude of additional content. Mistaken Identity is also now a part of the Unconfined Network, which is a home to many podcasts whose hosts have met inside the walls of Wrigley Field. To check out the network's other show offerings, head to unconfinednetwork.com, that's all one word, unconfinednetwork.com, to view all of our shows and their catalogs. Shouts out to Frank Walker, Jesse Graham, and Jordan Burks for their continued efforts both in front and behind the scenes to keep Mistaken Identity rolling along every week. And of course, we can't leave without our disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely our own, and we do not speak for or on behalf of the Chicago Cubs or any other organization. This is Joe Flaherty from the Mistaken Identity Podcast saying stay safe, and we'll catch you next time beyond the ballpark. Oh, 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 oh,